Good morning. How are you? It's good to see you. I have a few announcements before we get started. Tonight is the ice cream social. It's 5.30. I hope you'll come and be part of it. They told me it's rain or shine. You have, so we must do it inside if it's raining. This is also a, the kickoff time for us to uh, recognize new members and to think about our fall semester Sunday night programs, uh, which will begin, of course, the following Sunday. But tonight there's some sign-ups, and you can find out more about these things. There will be information there about the, uh, different, the three different Bible studies. So that's tonight. The promotion Sunday is next Sunday. Uh, we will be doing that. And so at that point in time is when we'll change classes. And also that's when we'll start the junior high class, which will begin meeting upstairs in the old education building. Uh, I continue to visit Sunday school classes. I went to the foundation Sunday school class today and uh, Really enjoyed, enjoyed visiting them, and I don't know who I go to next week. I can't remember, but if you haven't, if you haven't called June and put yourself on that uh, schedule, please do that. I sure is a good way to us to get to know each other. Now, Hank is here from the trustees, and Hank, if you will come on up, he has a word he wants to share with you before uh, we get started. attention to, there have been two plaques placed recently. The first one was for uh, Woody Mountain, and the second one for Francis and Oliver Tucker. And it's the Francis and Oliver Tucker one I'm here to speak about. Uh, you may have noticed there have been a lot of things in the last year and a half that have been going around here as far as you call it the sanctuary, the plaster repair, the painting done here, all the new landscaping that has been done between here and the parcels. There have also been sidewalks installed because it's connected to uh, parking lots together. And also in the Family Life Center, we have uh, put a new dishwasher in and a new uh, energy efficient water heater. And also the renovation of this parcel is just completed. Uh, the estate of Mr. and Mrs. Tucker, they, we were included in theirs. And they give us a, a substantial gift. And all these things you see done is through their gift. And I want to take the time this morning to acknowledge the gift that they have made. And there will be continuing an ongoing project. We're going to do some more work in the social hall. And, uh, and also, there will be a new uh, HVAC system, the building management system for the social hall and the family life center. But I just want to take this moment to thank them for what they have given to the church. Let's express our appreciation to the Tucker family. Uh, uh, Hank plans to, the trustees plan to put uh, some information about this in the newsletter, some more information so you'll know that all this, these many projects that have been uh, done at the church and at the parsonage during the last few weeks was done through that Tucker estate money and we just wanted to show our appreciation to that family and. So you can kind of do good due diligence and let you know uh, where that money was coming from. It's not from the budget. We still need money for the budget. I attended a finance committee meeting this morning and we're behind about 20 grand and we need to step up if you're behind in your pledges to, to uh, help make sure we uh, work out that shortfall. One other thing before we begin our worship, 
is that when we sing Jesus Loves Me, we want y'all to help us sing, okay? Help us sing Jesus Loves Me when the kids are going back. All right, let us begin our worship. together. Lord, we come here today because we can, because you have created this amazing world, because you have given us days and nights to live by. You have given us minds to make decisions and understand with, and hearts to fill with, and because we are lucky enough to have the freedom to use these gifts. Amen.
believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated. Let our children come forward for our back to school uh, blessing and time. What's going to happen this week that's just so exciting other than football started back again <laughs> school 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 was my favorite time of the year too my brother had a friend he went back to second grade three times just for more snacks <laughs> he thought that was fun anyway i got a lesson right here i'm gonna read the scripture first and then we'll get into the lesson then i got andrew to help me out with it if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. That's from 1 John 1, 8 through 9. It says, as you know, school starts this week. You only have a few days to get ready. That's what? That's tomorrow and Tuesday. You may need to get some new clothes or some new shoes. I know one thing that everyone will get is new school supplies. We have to buy notebooks, paper, folders, markers, crayons, pens, pencils. Pencils. I have some pencils with me today that remind me of four different kinds of people I see each day. First, I have a pencil that is not sharpened on either end. Hold it up, Andrew. It reminds me of people I see that never do anything. You know any people just don't do anything? They just don't do anything during the day. They just sit around. They just sit around and let others do all the work. We have some people like that at work. A pencil that isn't sharpened on either end isn't much good for anything. Neither is a person who never does anything. Second, I have a pencil that has an eraser on both ends. Hold it up, Andrew. 
This pencil reminds me of people who never do anything right. You know those kind of people? Never do anything right. They're just doing everything wrong, in trouble. Or maybe they are so afraid that they, won't, that they won't do it right that they are like the first pencil and just don't do anything at all. Next, I have a pencil that's sharpened on both ends. I never had one of those pencils. I had a eraser on one end. It doesn't have an eraser. This pencil reminds me of people who think they never make a mistake. You ever been around those kind of people? Just don't make any mistakes. Do you know people like that? Even if they do make a mistake, make a mistake, which we all do, they will never admit it. Who do they think they're fooling? They're only fooling themselves. Finally, I have a pencil that's sharpened on one end and has a racer on the other. That's the kind we'll be starting with Wednesday. It reminds me of people who know they make mistakes, and when they see their mistakes, they correct them. That is the kind of person God wants us to be. The Bible tells us that if we can claim we can never make mistakes, we're just full, we are just fooling ourselves. But if, we'll, if we will admit to our mistakes and ask God to forgive us, he will. He will erase our mistakes, and we can start over again. You'll be at school Wednesday. You'll make a mistake and have to use that eraser. All right, let's pray. Jesus, help us to remember that we all make mistakes. And then if we ask you to forgive us, you will erase those mistakes and make us clean again. Amen. Stay right here for Miss Katie. Stay right here. Don't go back to your seats. Good morning. So to follow up that children's sermon from Mr. Jim, we are going to have our back-to-school blessings. And that's a tradition that we've started at Memorial to remind you when you go back to school that your church family is praying for you during that time. Because like he said, it's a fun and exciting time, but sometimes it can be scary too, right? You have a new teacher or you're going into a new class. So these back-to-school blessings are to remind you that your church family is always thinking about you and praying for you during that time. When you leave this morning, I have a table set up back there with a bunch of um, balloons and polka dots. You can't miss it on your way out. So stop by and get some treats um, to remind you that we're praying for you this week. And now Pastor Joseph is going to do the blessing, okay? If you're out here, also to stand up. If you're a teacher or here, either wherever you are. And then um, listen to this beautiful liturgy that's been prepared for me for back to school. Father, we give you thanks for all you've given us. We thank you for creating us and filling us with good things and for giving us your son, Jesus Christ, to show us the way to you. We pray, O oh God, your blessings upon these students, these teachers and support staff as they begin this new school year. Help them all in, the, in everything they do. and Help them to appreciate the goodness in themselves and to look for the good in those around them. Help them live their faith and love for you by loving those around them. Help them to see your presence always. And may they turn to you in good times and in bad and know that you are their strength. And as they grow on the outside, may they grow on the inside in knowledge and love for you. Let your Holy Spirit give them the gifts of wisdom and understanding and knowledge to help them learn the things you need them to know. We pray for all these children and students and teachers and support staff this day. We pray that they would have inquiring minds and discerning hearts, courage to persevere, and laughter and love to share with all. And we pray your protection, O oh God, and safety upon them. May this prayer be a blessing to everyone, and may it be a reminder for us.
to keep all of those who are returning to our schools this year in our thoughts and prayers. We ask through Jesus Christ our Lord and let the congregation say, Amen. Amen. Now y'all help me sing. Jesus loves me this Verses 1 through 4. Praise the Lord. I will extol the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Great are the works of the Lord. They are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you.
I think one of the things we should be thankful for today is this wonderful choir. What do you think? They did a great job. The, uh, as we come into this time of prayer, um, just want to remind you to continue to pray for uh, Harriet Strait uh, and all the others that are listed in our prayer list. Uh, and of course, please avail yourselves of the prayer team, which does a mighty work here. If you, want, uh, you have a personal prayer, that you can pass on either to me or to them, and it will stay confidential. Let us bow our heads now in prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O Lord, we come this day and we, we praise your name and we offer our thanksgiving. As a congregation of faithful people, we know of your works. And we declare our, your honor and power, your holy name. And we are reminded that we have been called to walk always in your ways and to treat each other with love and respect. But we must confess, O oh God, that we sometimes drink deeply of the ways of the world. And the paths that we choose to walk lead us to live outside your will. And we do not live a life of thankfulness. But we know that it is your way to be gracious and merciful to those who call upon your name. And so we confess our sin this day and we come and call upon your name as we pray for your forgiveness. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us again and help us to be and do those things that you'd have us to do that would glorify your name. Let our lives uh, set an example of what it means to live in your grace to, to all those that we meet so they may come to worship you. We know that in the manner of all things you have shown that your will is for us to live abundant lives. You also want us to live productive lives. And we pray, O oh Lord, for uh, a new renewed sense of purpose. We pray for a new life. We pray for new life for those who are outside our fellowship. We pray for new life for those who are sick, who are frail, whose spirits are low. We, we pray that you would touch in a special way uh, everyone uh, that's on our list and those that we pray for in our hearts now. We pray, O oh God, that all your works would be established as you respond to our cries. For we offer these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. And we pray with one voice and one spirit, as he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We unite Methodists believe that giving is part of worship. Let's continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward.
please be seated. Today's scripture lesson comes from the Old Testament, 1 Kings chapter 3. And I'm going to skip around a little bit in this, but I want you to look for a pattern. There's a pattern for living in here, believe it or not, in all this uh, some kind, sometimes sounds strange in uh, scripture. Uh, Solomon had showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the statutes of his father, except that he offered sacrifices and incense on the high places. And this was, this was not something God was pleased with. And so Solomon went to one of these high places and he offered burnt offerings. And there afterwards, the Lord appeared to him and the night and said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. And Solomon, asked, after uh, answering uh, how great the God had been to his father, he asked him for something specific. He said, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And in verse 10, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And so God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for the discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart. Moreover, I'll give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor. And then Solomon awoke. He returned to Jerusalem. He stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant, and there he worshiped. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Oh God, help us to see that even in an ancient story about a king of Israel talking about things we have really no understanding of, how we can still see a pattern for our life and a pattern of grace, a pattern of forgiveness, a pattern of gratitude. Let that same gratitude become our attitude. We pray in your name. Amen. I don't know if you've ever felt this way or not, but there has been more than one person in my life that I have sometimes felt like giving them an attitude adjustment. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever run across any yo-yos in your life, but I have a previous in my previous career and even in the church, there has been some people that I really would just like to knock them right up to the moon. <laughs> That's how, how they have been. I know none of you have ever felt that way. But I guess what really surprises me about this scripture and so many more in our Bible is how often God must have felt that way. How often God must have felt like just knocking somebody clean the kingdom come. How often God must have thought about the things we do and have said and done and how we act and think, this, this is hopeless. I'm just going to get rid of them. And how oftentimes God must have thought this. And yet God doesn't act that way. And that's what is truly amazing. For in our scripture today, you have the fact that many of God's people were adopting practices that were pagan. They were not correct. They were not of the church. And we know that this particular practice that, that King Solomon engaged in at this high place was a particularly one, one that was despised by God. And so when King Solomon goes to do this, here he is the king of Israel, 
He's supposed to be a leader and a, and a person who is the perfecter and defender of the faith. Uh, he goes and does exactly what he should do in violation of the law. He was not exhibiting an attitude that was pleasing to God. One might say that he really needed an attitude adjustment. But now here comes the surprise in the Scripture, which oftentimes surprises us. God responds in a most unexpected way. God does not condemn Solomon. God doesn't take him to task. God doesn't, you know, fuss at him. God doesn't punish him. God overlooks his mistake. In fact, not only does he overlook his mistake, but he comes to him and asks and offers to him a prayer request. Answer any prayer that you have, Solomon. This is really unusual behavior, and it's the behavior we have the hardest time understanding as people. Because most of us think that when someone has done us wrong, or there's something wrong committed, that we need to just smack them upside the head if that's what we think we need to do. But here we have God doing just the complete opposite. And this is the hardest thing I think for us to sometimes accept as Christians is that God looks at things totally different than we do. And that God oftentimes, more often than not in the Scripture readings that we have, God shows grace. God shows grace. Undeserved favor. Now, to me, the key then is what do we do with this undeserved favor that God bestows upon us? And God bestows that upon each one of us at some point in our life. If I could get you off of the side and just talk to you, I guarantee you, you would tell me about something that happened in your life when you felt and realized that God's grace had just overwhelmed you, had just overcome the situation. So what do we do with this graciousness of God? Do we just ignore it and go on our own way? Or do we learn from it? Do we, do we imitate it like I was talking about last week, imitating the attributes of God? And do we then live in gratitude? Do we live in gratitude? Well, I think we can learn from Solomon. Even though Solomon had made a huge mistake, God still came to him graciously, offered him favor. And then Solomon did a couple things. He didn't ask for an advantage. You see, we sometimes think, well, we've got this advantage because we're Christian, and we try to use that to our advantage. But Solomon didn't do that. He asked for a discerning heart. He asked for a way so he could be in the will of God. How can I be in your will, God? That's what he asked. And that's what God granted him. And then he was, not only was he just totally 180 degrees or 360 degrees, I don't know which one, you math teachers, I forgot that. Is, is he, decided, he decides to show gratitude. And this is the part that so often we forget to do as Christians. We have a tendency, we have a real tendency to need an attitude adjustment. Okay, I mean, there's been more than one time in my life I've needed an attitude adjustment. There's been more than one time in lives of, of those I've worked with and those parishioners of mine that they needed attitude adjustments. I'll, I'll not forget my fellow one time who uh, told me that we we're just going to have to agree to disagree. Because we, neither one of us could come and understand the other person's point of view. But we've all done dumb things. We've all done things we regret. We know we've done things we shouldn't do. And the Lord shows up to us and offers us grace. The grace of another chance. 
And what we do with that second chance is really what is important. So when we recognize this generosity of God in our lives, we can fulfill the potential God has for us. And so when we are grateful to God, God often does far more than we can imagine, and that's exactly what God did with Solomon. Solomon understood somewhere at some level that what he had done was wrong and he really deserved punishment from God, but God was showing him grace. And in that moment, Solomon decided that he didn't want to ask for something to give him an advantage, a material advantage, but he wanted something that would help him be in the will of God. And then he went back, the scripture says, he went back to the Ark of the Covenant, to the place of worship, and he worshiped. And what happens is that God takes that gratitude and he multiplies it into even more blessings. And Solomon became not only the most well-known king of Israel, the richest king of Israel, but there's never been anyone since that was so honored. So it's a pattern for living. It's a pattern for living, and it's a good pattern for us. Uh, when we most need it, God comes to us. When we admit our shortcomings and need for God, God gives us a second chance. He offers us renewed blessings. And these renewed blessings and this new, this new opportunity gives us a way to be closer to God. And so we become closer to God. And once blessed... We should do just like Solomon did. We should return to the place of worship. To return to a place to give thanksgiving and exhibit an attitude of gratitude. And that's what Solomon did and that is where we can see a pattern for living, I believe, in these, these verses that's important for us. Unfortunately, I'll have to tell you that more often than not in my own life and often I'm sure in yours, and I've run across a lot of people and talking to them and counseling them through the years, is that oftentimes we'll have this wonderful example of God's grace where God's grace showed up in our lives, gives, gave us a second chance, and then we forget to express our gratitude to God with renewed worship and discipleship in Christ's church. And when we do that, we don't realize the blessings that God offers. You know, there's a scripture that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all things will be given to, given to you. And you see, that's the key. Seeking God first. And if we believe that, then we need to behave as we believe. I'm a strong believer in that. Our prayers, I think, often go unanswered because we concentrate on selfish desires instead of concentrating on the power and resources that will help us be with Christ in Christ's church and in the will of God. And this is where we sometimes fall down in our prayer life. So this story about Solomon is also an invitation for earnest and righteous prayer. Uh, it's important to remember that prayer is never in a vacuum, but always comes in the context of faithful remembering of what God has done in our lives and what God continues to do for us. And true praise to God's heart is shown in worship. And, and, and our lives must exhibit God is our object of adoration. God is the object of our reverence. And God is the object of our awe. You see, look folks, even though the entire world crumbles around us, and it, sometimes it seems that way, if we can still utter the praises of God, we can still utter Jesus Christ's name, 
and praise His name, uh, then we are showing and exhibiting the mark of a true follower of Jesus Christ. We must be those kind of people, especially in these times. God will not disappoint us. God will come to us. God will come to us in a way that far exceeds our hopes and our dreams. And we must always be grateful. We must always be grateful. Uh, I've often told people that when we pray, we should not pray a prayer like this, help, help me win, Lord, or help me beat that person, or help me control or take over. What we should do is pray a prayer that says, Lord, help me live in your will. You see, in the end, this is really about living. Let me live in your will, O God. And, and it's about not falling for the trap of the devil. When the temptation of the devil is that, that the devil wants us to believe that nothing can be overcome in our lives. Uh, that whatever we did, whatever happened in the past, it can never be overcome by God. That it, it is always there. You know, it's always there dragging us back down into the ditch. God does not want us to be that way. God wants us to look ahead and look forward to forgive and to be forgiving, to be compassionate and to understand that this is the way God is. This is the way God wants His people to be. And it is in that that you get up then, you move forward and you keep doing and you keep living because God is with us. And that's important for us just to hear this and to know this and know that it's about living under the grace of God this wonderful grace that we do not deserve, but that God comes and gives to us. Gives us a second chance. Gives us an opportunity to make things right. Gives us the power to forgive someone. Gives us the power to look beyond that person's shortcomings. Because, friends, we got just as many. And so I pray that you will get an attitude of gratitude. That's what this is really about. Have an attitude of gratitude. Yes, we mess up. God comes to us like a loving parent, offering to brush us off, offering to forgive us and give us a second chance, even offering to meet whatever prayer we need. And then we should respond in gratitude, just as Solomon did. He returned from the pagan place to the place of worship, the Ark of the Covenant, to give God thanks, an attitude of gratitude. Amen.
take your second chance and be grateful knowing the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.